in the morning when you need the news that matters most. We have a constitutional right to publish this story. We are the fourth estate and we will hold the powerful accountable. You need the front page. Wait, what's the fourth estate? Us, the press. And everyone knows that? On the press box. Because I feel like people always say the fourth estate, but they don't actually know what it means. Well, I think everybody knows what it means. I thought the fourth estate was time. That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Graney and Bischoff. No, not state, a state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia? Some breaking news for USA Basketball this morning. Adrian Wojnarowski reporting that Kevin Love is withdrawing from Team USA. He heard our segment. <laughs> Citing some uh, injuries. He did not play most of this season. I mean, he's in town, right? And uh, Well, he was. I don't know if he is anymore now that he withdrew. So Team USA now is looking at having to replace two players, Bradley Beal and Kevin Love, on their roster. Uh, Kevin Love withdrawing Bradley Beal out because he tested positive for COVID and most likely is not going to be ready to go when the team leaves for Tokyo. With Kevin Love out, we talked about it earlier in the show. They only had three big men, three post players before that. Now they only have two. Christian Wood's going to make this team, isn't he? He might. The Houston Chronicle had the story yesterday about Christian Wood being yeah. considered before this and now Love's out. Like They legitimately have to add somebody that plays in the front court. USA's or UNLV is going to have potentially three Olympians here. Ike Wamu, Anthony Bennett, and Christian Wood. And your follow-up to that was three more Olympians than what? <laughs> than NCAA tournament appearances in, in the last eight years. Eight years. <laughs> that's, a, that's a trivia question right it there, is. man. That's a Friday night trivia question. Which school has three Olympians <laughs> without having made an NCAA tournament in the last eight years? Are those, wait, are those Olympians only for the U.S. national team? Because did, are, are, if we count... Canadians. Jared has not been listening. Oh, I have not. Oh, Nigeria, Canada, and the United States. Okay. Iguamu, Anthony Bennett. I didn't hear that. Yes, yeah. I said those about six seconds <laughs> ago. Um, but yeah, so Chris Wood, maybe he's an Olympian. Next time we're on the listen. air, maybe he's an Olympian. It'll be great. I would. Should, we should. Should we break down every? Well, shit. He only play like three minutes a game. Should we break down like every minute that Chris Wood plays in the Olympics? Be great. Well, here's the thing. You just made the point. Look, if if he's the guy they decide to bring, I would hope he plays a lot. I mean, if that's what you're, if that's the role you're filling. Now, again, like you said earlier, it would depend on matchups and who you're playing. Maybe some days you don't need him, but maybe some games you do. Yeah. So I think he would. I think he'd play. D up, Rudy Gobert. Shut him down. Yeah. Joke it. Happy to move on to the, to the next question. Here. Just long pause. Joke. The Red Sox <laughs> and Yankees, supposed to be the only game in baseball yesterday, was postponed. Because of COVID, the Yankees had multiple players test positive for COVID, including Aaron Judge. At least one of the players that tested positive was unvaccinated. The rest were vaccinated. Aaron they say Judge, which one wasn't? Uh, no, we have not gotten an actual report on which one was not vaccinated. Um, Aaron Judge, though, is sort of the big one here because he was at the All-Star game. And if Aaron Judge had COVID during the All-Star game, considering how much intermingling there was... The Red Sox went into testing and, and social distancing yesterday because they were supposed to play the Yankees. Um, I haven't heard it. There hasn't been any bad news this morning for baseball, but mm -hmm. there is that chance that it could be. 
Yeah, because I guess they're tested every day, and that could come out in the afternoon. I'm going to be really upset, and you're probably going to hear me screaming from the house if in the sixth inning tonight Justin Turner's called off the field. Oh boy! If he's if he's taken off the field. Oh boy! Because I think National American guys probably intermingled. I'm sure they did there at the home run contest. They're all like Tatis and all these guys going crazy with each other and stuff. So, kidding aside, I I think it would almost. I've got to be honest with you. If he had it when he was there, which he probably did, because he got tested the next day and. Like, kidding aside, like, I almost will be surprised no one else has this. Because at the All-Star game, they're mingling. I mean, they're high-fiving. It will almost, to me, be a shock. Yeah, Sadly if, so. Yeah, if nobody else has it. If yeah. nobody else that was in in Colorado at the All-Star game suddenly doesn't have it. Um, Astros are going to win the World Series by default because they're the only team that didn't have anybody at the All-Star game. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. I don't care about him. Next question. Tom Brady played on a torn MCL in the Super Bowl. He had surgery in February after winning the Super Bowl. So Tom Brady had a resurgent season, was very good in the playoffs, and it all came while he had a torn ligament in his knee at the age of approximately 51 years old. I'm Well, I'm impressed with that and his seven rings. I'm still more impressed with his portrayal in Ted 2. Um, that absolutely is his crowning achievement. Please, please tell me you've seen Ted or Ted 2. No, I have not wow. seen either one. Wow. I mean, I was disappointed in Hoosiers, but if you haven't Wait. seen Ted or Ted 2. I thought I thought that was the reason why you didn't run VGK's Twitter anymore. Not me. No, it wasn't me. I haven't seen that movie. I've got a breaking news for you here. Okay. Did you see this? No. A judge has ordered free agent cornerback Richard Sherman to be released from jail without bail following his arrest and suspicion of trying to break into an in-laws home. Now, this... You can explain to me. King County District Court Judge uh, Famuunu Masiani found probable cause that Sherman did commit four offenses, misdemeanor and gross misdemeanor, charge of criminal trespass, second degree malicious mischief, and third degree, uh, both carrying domestic violent designations as a misdemeanor charges. So he releases them, but there's no bail, but he found probable cause that he did all this stuff. Now, I'm not a lawyer. We know that from Sam and Ash on Wednesdays, but <laughs> does that surprise you? Prosecutors asked for $10,000 bail. Which I'm sorry for most people, especially Richard Sherman, that would be like, okay, I'll see you in five minutes. I'll be outside. Hey, I could post it. Yes, I, exactly. So, it's. Are you surprised at that? I mean, uh, not being an attorney, like I find probable cause. You did all the things they say you're doing, but you can just go. I guess. Now, most of them are misdemeanors, so maybe that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, I mean, from the sounds of it all. It sounds like everybody's more worried about Richard Sherman than who Richard Sherman might have been attacking. Attacking might not be the right word, but like involved it, with the yeah, yeah. It sounds more like Richard Sherman is the one that everybody's more worried about than yeah. anybody else in this scenario. And, and if you again, it the on the nine one one calls, that was the exact like, right. like everyone was just like, come get him so that he's protected. Yeah. So, I mean. I will say this, as far as like criminal cases go with NFL players, this has gone better than expected. Yeah. Like when you hear burglary, domestic violence, and then the second thing you hear is, oh, they were after him for DUI hit and run. Like this is this could have been much worse based on those descriptors. So for them to let him go without bail, I assume the judge was convinced to well, some degree he's not a threat. The judge exactly said this is a pillar of the community. Noted it was uh, presumed he would be released because this was his first arrest. He ordered Sherman not have contact with his father-in-law, not use alcohol or non-prescription drugs, and not possess a firearm. So, so the pillar of a community and has never been arrested. I don't have a problem with it. I, that's fine. He's walking. I, I have no problem with this. I don't think that. I just, 
I always am fascinated by the law of, I think you did all these things, but there's no bail. Like, that yeah. always surprises me. Yeah, which I guess the judge is saying these things... You're not you're not as big of a threat because of these things right. that that Someone the else indicators be. might be. And again, I think it, a lot of it goes back to they're more worried about Richard Sherman than anybody else involved right. in this. Press box transition. Wow, sorry. <laughs> um, I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Do you think Emerson ever listens and hears that? I hope he does. I, I hope he does. It'd be great. <laughs> A.J. Hawk said on the Pat McAfee show that Aaron Rodgers is going to play for the Packers this year. He said, what have I said from the start? I don't see him playing anywhere else. I don't see Green Bay trading him. I don't see that happening. I don't know how it has to work, but yeah, I feel like he's going to be in Green Bay. That is the exact opposite of what Adam Schefter yeah. reported yesterday, which is that Aaron Rodgers does not want to play in Green Bay again. I have thoroughly enjoyed the every three to four weeks former Aaron Rodgers teammate speaks about what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. And we're kind of like, well, Aaron Rodgers hasn't said anything. We think he might be friends with this guy. So maybe we should take what he says seriously. Should we include Devonte Adams and former teammate, given he's coming here, <laughs> given he's going to be a Raider. He's a former teammate. I look, Austin disagreed with me. I, I think he's playing only because you're a week or what? Well, no, gosh, we a week out, two weeks out from training camp starting. And at the end of the day, look, I know it's Aaron Rodgers. I know he has a lot of money. I get all that. I mean, I get the, his stature in life, and he's fine. He doesn't need to work again. I just think he's going to play. Now, he might not be happy, and he might not show up and, like, throw a party he's, the first night of training camp and say, I love everybody. I just think he's going to play this year for them. I do. I don't know. I just think he's going to play. I just – he's never happy. No, exactly. Like, he could be perfect, I, and he's never going to be happy. So is he going to go – anywhere and be completely happy he just doesn't seem like the guy he i've always questioned especially the last seven years with the with the jeopardy and everything like that i mean i think he'll play i don't know how much he wants to play anymore he seems to kind of like other things yeah i i agree with you in that i think he's playing for the packers this year yeah. like i think that's the most likely outcome at this point but I mean, Adam Schefter just reported yesterday that he doesn't want to. So, I mean, doesn't want to and will are two different things. But okay, let's take the Raiders because you know Austin brought up the Raiders. Two, three first rounders. Obviously, Carr would have to go in that because you're not going to keep both on the on the money. We're two weeks less than two weeks out of training camp. Are they making that move? I think you are. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, oh yeah. I, I mean, again, I just that's fine. Is, that's fine. But I, it I just, is a. The, because it's gone on so long, the pool of teams that could trade for Have him shrunk. is smaller. Yeah. Because, like, anybody who just drafted a quarterback in the first round... They're not going to take him. Is Why not you wouldn't think him. so. And, you know, even even teams like... There's a lot of teams that are, so, I think, that could say legitimately no, but Denver's not one, and I, I do think the Raiders are one, that if, if it became real... Push comes became, to shove, you think they'd make the deal? I think they would, yeah. Because you're talking... I mean, again, you're talking about Aaron Rodgers. Can you imagine? Rodgers. We are trading you... To New England, they have Mac Jones. Or we are trading you to San Francisco, they have Trey Lance. And it's the whole Jordan Love thing all over because I can't go there. There's right. a, you want this other guy. Right. So I what would the Saints make sense? They probably yeah, don't because have the cap I'm, space. Uh, but, uh, no, I don't but know they, if they have the cap space, but I don't think either of those guys he would walk in and say, Well, I'm worried about either of these well, guys. Well, Sean Payton would be should, like, all right. He should be worried about Taysom Hill. Yeah, Sean Payton would be twenty five percent of the snaps are going to Taysom Hill. So I hope you're, <laughs> you're good in the you're, other seventy five. You're not known as mobile, so well, we really <laughs> need to get uh, Aaron's we were, never had a Joker. Maybe he'll like the Joker. Joker. He's never had one. Well then we should definitely get it. <laughs> yes. The Raiders definitely should get it. Next question. 
Three-way trade, Taysom Hill comes to Vegas while Aaron Rodgers goes to New Orleans. It'd be great. The Cubs traded Jock Peterson to the Braves for a minor leaguer. So two things interesting here. Number one, Braves are below 500, but the Mets haven't run away with the division. So the Braves think, hey, yeah, we can still go win this division. Number two, though, is the Cubs might be at the beginning yeah. of an unbelievable fire sale. Well, oh, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> I told you, uh, being at the basketball game today, I only saw very little of the All-Star game. But as I was walking through the casino, they had it on one of the huge screens walking through at Mandalay and I stopped just to watch it and I watched two like one and a half to two minutes of it and all I saw was the announcers talking to Chris Bryant in the outfield about how he was going to get traded like they're losing yeah, yeah, I'm like I'm not uh <laughs> like I guess I'm not missing anything here of the game because I just watched Chris Bryant for two minutes say how he loved the Cubs <laughs> and the whole time he's thinking I'm not going to be with the Cubs <laughs> and then I just said oh, I'm going to leave now so they have Chris Bryant. They have Anthony, Anthony Rizzo. Rizzo. They could be traded. Uh, Craig Kimbrell, who's been yep. maybe the best reliever in baseball this year. Those are the three big names, I think. I don't. They have Javi Baez under contract for a little while, right? Yep. You think they move all three? I don't think they'd move Baez if he's under contract for a while. But the other three, I think, I mean, I think Bryant's getting moved. I mean, so if you go back to what year was it? Like the 2011 through 2014 years when the Cubs were... I think they finished in last place in the NL Central like five straight years or something ridiculous like that. But basically, they had like a three or four year span where they traded everyone at the deadline. And it was, yes, we are getting as many future assets as we can for this. They got good. They won a World Series. But if they're going back into that process again, which they've done it before, I could absolutely see them doing again. It's probably the smart thing to do. Then, yeah, you, you trade all three. Listen, Kimbrell, since the Cubs signed him, was not good until this year. He was not a good reliever. He's been awesome this year. He's got, I think it's a team option is next year on his deal. You absolutely trade that guy. And if, you know what, Chris Bryant, yeah, you absolutely move on from these guys. If you have, if you see no like, hey, in three or four years from now, you're going to help us win, you absolutely move on from him. Because why, why wouldn't you get the assets, get them as, as quickly as you can. All right, coming up next, you think we'll ever get to this Derek Carr top 10 quarterback story? We'll pack for the Rebels. Wolfpack, Wolfpack. <laughs> I know when I'm outnumbered, I'm smarter than that. <laughs> That's all. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Oh, Derek. I'm, I'm mad that people get down there by that weirdness. Has Marcus Arroyo blocked him on Twitter yet? Oh, no. That was weird. He's up in Reno. What do you think he's going to say? Oh, the, he he should have just said, I, I he should have said, said nobody. Fresno Fresno. State. He should have said, said no Rebels, no Wolfpack. I root, I root for Fresno State. Right. That's not hard to do. He Jeez. played in the same conference. But you know, well, one, the, I'm sorry, the weirdo, weirdos up there, like, they get all excited about this weirdness. They loved it. And then you know there are people down here, how could he say that? He lives here now. It's like, who cares? Like, come on. cares? The guy said he should have just said, I'm Fresno State. Be That's right. All right. Uh, you you experienced this, so I'm curious. What are your thoughts on this? Allegiant Stadium and their traffic issues leaving the Garth Brook concert because Mark Bedane has spoke that the team uh, that they're aware that there were traffic issues leaving the first uh, big event, the first sold out event at Allegiant Stadium. Um, it wasn't bad for you leaving, right? No, no, it wasn't. Walked uh, walked down. Uh... I guess it was the street to Polaris's uh, runs para, uh, runs a uh, um, 
the other way on it. We went down to Players, took left, and got back to our car. It was not hard at all. It's interesting because there now, were, we were nowhere near the bridge, and that's supposedly where everything right. happened. There were a lot of uh, pictures posted of people walking across that bridge. What is yeah. it, Hacienda? We were the opposite to go way. to go across the I-15 over to the Strip, and right. how packed that was. And I did find it funny that yesterday at a stadium meeting, Mark Bedane said uh, most of the problems were on Russell Road and Dean Martin. Well, there's four roads that run around the stadium, and he named two of them. So I don't think that's a good thing that most of the problems were at two of the four roads. So I'm, you didn't have a problem getting out. Did you have a problem getting in? No. Again, we were fortunate that the the parking structure on Valley that we parked at was kind of kitty corner of the stadium. So we were near, not near the bridge, not near the freeway. So. We were very fortunate, but what you're saying and what knowing that area, hosting to the bridge, I could see that that's kind of the one area, whether it's football, concert, whatever, that could get congested and they, they're going to have problems with. Where we parked, as I told you, a guy who really helped build the stadium, a buddy of mine who's on the construction, he helped build all the parking lots. He told me that's the one we were in is where all the employees will park. So maybe they're giving them a way to get in easy and out because they work there. But that's where we parked. Yeah, someone I know that also went there texted me saying traffic was much worse getting to the concert and that Polaris and Russell was the worst point. So I here okay, here's the fascinating part. It's the first big event for right. them to have traffic problems, I don't think is that no surprising. No. The question is how fixable are they going to be? Because if you well, we can't really do a dry run. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but like how because if you listen, if every Raiders game is people complaining about, wow, leaving the stadium was an absolute disaster. Sure. And every big event there, like, that's a problem. Like, yeah. you've got to find a way to fix that. And I guess the question is how. I wasn't there. I don't know what the exact issues were. If it's the... I wasn't at the bad part, so I can't tell you what I think they should do. Yeah, and here's the, the, the thing I'm curious about. If a lot of the complaints were people walking back across Hacienda to the Strip, I don't... Can you fix that? Like that's not a traffic problem. That's a that's, that's a foot traffic and here's thing. The other, and that's just here's the other thing. What didn't we hear? Because the Raiders are playing um, Pittsburgh this year, and and I you know and Denver and these places I've been to. One of what we hear is like the kind of um, part of a tailgating or the kind of organic way of go to a football game is to walk over bridges, drinking and having a fun time. And I kept hearing that's what people wanted to do. Like they wanted to be that. That's kind of the atmosphere. Now again, it's hot. I get it. It was really hot the other night, but. I'm a little surprised there was this much made about the bridge because I thought they were really going to incorporate the bridge into the whole experience of getting well, to the stadium. Nobody wants to nobody, walk no, across Nobody the wants interstate. to, but it, they, well, if you don't want to pay was, the 100 bucks, That was the Raiders' way of selling, this will be fine, yeah. even though we have seven parking spots for a 65,000-seat stadium. Could they shut down, Could they? and this is going to sound extreme, but on game days, you make that bridge just a total pedestrian traffic. Oh, that's what it is. That's they, the whole point. That's, that's what they already did. Yeah. Oh, my that, God. No, that's, that's such a bad that, idea. That's what they did. <laughs> if that's the idea, I'm coming to you. Like, and they like, sold hey, it. We did it. They have that in Denver. They have that in Pittsburgh. They have that in other places I've been to for NFL games where you drive up, and there's just thousands of people walking over these bridges yeah. to get there. So I, I'm curious if the problem, if that many people had a problem with foot traffic, if it was, hey, you're having to wait that long, and it's a massive crowd for foot traffic, I don't know how you solve that because – it's just I mean, people walking out the of bridge. the stadium and walking yeah. across the strip. Like that's right. going to be an issue every single time. Yeah. So when the Raiders are like, "Oh, we got to solve," I don't, I don't know how you solve the foot traffic problem. Besides, have less foot traffic, but that's impossible because they have seven parking spots. Right. Above ground subway, we put a train from the stadium 
to the other side, and we just load people onto the train. We've already given enough public money. We can't give. We can't build any kind of trains. <laughs> yeah, now, no, I no, also want to say that we were probably, we probably felt it was easier to get in because the wife was complaining the whole time that she just spent seventy bucks to fill up her car and gas. So I think she was so mad at that she didn't realize whether it was easy or difficult to get into the parking site <laughs> because she kept talking about that the whole night. So I think she doesn't even – she did – like I told you yesterday, she did get in illegally to the bottom uh, parking space. But once we got out and she was happy about that, went back to us, I can't believe how much I paid for gas. I'll be, I'll be curious to see how they do because I'm, I'm going to the next big event there, assuming, assuming the United States makes it. They screw around and don't make the final. I'm selling those tickets, but assuming they make the final, I'll I'll be there. And if they're playing Mexico, it'll be it'll oh, be sold out. It'll be it'll full. be sold out. So I'm curious. Might to see be a how little drinking, also. Well, yeah, but I, that's the next big you event. May... Am I going to be stuck in traffic for an hour after that God, trying it's... to go home? How much will you pay for space? Well, I am going with friends, so we could car. I, I have no problem carpooling and spending a hundred bucks combined between the four of us, twenty five well, each. Well, if you're going to spend a hundred bucks, can't you just park at the stadium? Maybe, yeah. We'll see what. But but again, that doesn't fix the problem of leaving. If there's traffic problems no, leaving, the no. closer you, you park to the stadium, the worse it is. The leaving part is definitely people right. who sit in their seats and kind of maybe there's still one beer thing open and you just sit there because you know going to your car at that point is just not <laughs> worth it, right? Well, I mean, when we walked through the parking lot the other night, I told you it was easy to get back to the car. It was because we're walking, but there was a big traffic jam to get out. I mean, I wouldn't want to have been stuck in what I saw right. leaving like, the actual stadium. The closer you park to stadiums, the, well, the harder worse it is, it is to get to out. Get out. Sure. So the idea of, yeah, you pay $100 to park, That's you're paying $100 to not walk very far. You're sitting in traffic if yes, there's traffic regardless. problems. That's happening if you're, if you're parked close. So parking farther away is better if you're trying to get in your car and get out of a traffic jam. That's much better, but you're walking. Are you excited at all for... The USA, it's USA Mexico in the Gold Cup, and they within the first ten minutes have to pause the game, and then they have they send the players off for ten minutes, and then Tyler just spent all this money, and they have they're going to play the game tomorrow without fans. I go on vacation the next day too, so Oof. yeah, that wouldn't be fun. No, we'll just we'll just get a forfeit win. It'll be great. I don't know. I'm supposed to go and write off it, but we're hearing there's issues with that too. What? Media just, getting yeah, it? Well, no, just the credentialing. Oh. It's kind of been like oh, no response back. It's yeah. CONCACAF. I know. It's we don't be... expect things to go well <laughs> exactly. when it's CONCACAF no involved. Chance. I guess that expands to the media side of <laughs> yes, this, too. Yes, it does. It's not just the actual teams and the games and all <laughs> no. that. It's the, it's the media side as well. By the way, Team USA, a 6-1 win over the great nation of Martinique last night. The great nation. I can't believe you didn't say when we came on today why you said there was no sports yesterday. Yeah. Well, let's let's be honest. It was Martinique, and even the U.S. was playing like their, you could comfortably say their third string. Man, high school kids? No, but <laughs> close. They, they had, uh, I think it was six guys in the lineup 21 years or younger, so close to high school kids. So lights would have killed them like 11 to 1. Who, Martinique? Yeah. Maybe they might, they might be Martinique, but no, like in all seriousness, they played yesterday three, maybe four guys in the starting that 11 have any chance that could make the U S world cup team. Now the exciting part is Daryl DK scored two goals. And like the biggest hole on the U S roster, when you're looking at a world cup roster is they don't have a striker. Like Jossie Zardes is currently the number one striker and he's not very good. Daryl DK is kind of like the great hope of a guy who's 20 years old. He is a B he's just a monster. He's massive, but he he could be really good, and he scored twice yesterday. Granted, it was Martinique, but that guy's sort of like the great hope of, hey, that could be the striker in the so World Cup. you're not saying 
Christian, you need to get here because we're playing Martinique. Martinique. No, no. Christian Pulisic will <laughs> not be showing that? up for this uh, tournament. Martinique. We should have put him in so we could have gotten to 10-1 <laughs> so we could win the goal differential tie with Canada. Now we got to beat Canada over the weekend to get number one in the group and avoid Mexico. It's a big weekend for you, Tyler. <laughs> I'll be watching the Dodgers and Rockies. Coming up next. Well, unless there's a COVID scare. That's true. That's true. Coming up next, Tyler Whitaker, Bishop Gorman baseball player drafted by the Astros, joins the show. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 a.m. and 100.9 FM. Well, hopefully Tyler Whitaker will join us in a minute. I'm going to blame Jared so far. He's going to bear the brunt of this. So Tyler Whitaker drafted out of Bishop Gorman in the third round. How much round. you want to talk to him as an Astros fan? Oh, I'm pumped. He's the first guy the Astros took because they didn't have their first. Well, they didn't have the first. They're cheaters. They didn't have their first dude. It's like the first round pick for the Astros. It's going to be great if we get him on here. I am curious to ask him here. Drafted by the Astros, and the Astros mascot's getting booed at the All Star game. (laughs) Like, I assume by the time Tyler Whitaker gets to Major League Baseball, he won't be getting booed just because he plays for the Astros. But we hope not. It's possible. So he got drafted out of Bishop Gorman, was the the third round pick for the Astros, was the. Highest selected player out of Las Vegas as well. Even if you throw in UNLV, who had um, Jack Wall. Jack Wall going the tenth. Uh, I think it was the tenth round. Okay. He's going to the Mets after he had an unbelievable season at UNLV. Did you see Jack Wall's numbers at UNLV? I saw Jack Wall in high school. I'm telling you, amazing hitter. I saw really? him in high school. Okay. The roll. He was one of those. The whole cliche: roll out of bed and hit. Jack Wall can hit, man. He was like, that I hope he makes it. this year. So joining us now, out of Bishop Gorman, drafted by the Astros in the third round, is Tyler Whitaker. Tyler, how are you this so, morning? So Tyler. Going on? How are you guys? Up, Good. Man? I I am curious. Obviously, the entire world's had a weird last eighteen months. But what was it like for you as someone who ultimately gets drafted at the end of this into Major League Baseball? What was that process like for you over the last twelve to eighteen months? Yeah, it was it was mainly just trying to find ways to to be able to get my work in every single day. Um, no matter if it was in my backyard at the beginning of COVID or the park or. Uh, what have you. So it was just kind of trying to find a way. How uh, difficult in terms of your skills? Um, you had a great, obviously, last year, and we'll talk about how getting you got drafted, but what were the you know more difficult skills to keep up during COVID? I, I don't even know if you could have gone to a cage in terms of if any of them were open. You might have something in your backyard, like you said, but right. where did you find it the most difficult? Uh, I, was, I would say uh, live pitching, just because there was no baseball games going on at all. All the uh, city parks were locked and closed. So, um, what, getting back in the swing of things with live pitching, I would say, was most difficult for me. Um, the staying in shape, throwing, fielding, all that stuff wasn't too too bad. But uh, yeah, I would say I would say live pitching. How much did you get to talk to teams or their scouts, or how much did they even get to see you play live recently? Yeah. So the last uh, since about like. January, it was every single game. There was 10 to like 30 cameras on me every at bat um, in our fall league and then into the spring season. Um, and then it was literally right after the 2020 draft is when scouts started showing up at games over the summer. I was kind of hoping you say like you'd go to a local park with a buddy and like be crushing balls, like hitting them in schools and breaking windows. <laughs> nobody would care because nobody was there. <laughs> like people would be walking by, you'd be crushing these balls and hitting windows. Like it doesn't matter. There's no school in session. <laughs> you want to crimes. Yes, so, I don't want him to commit crimes. I wanted him to like get some bombs at a school. So, uh, Tyler, we've seen a lot about what position you could play professionally. What What do you play? What do you want to play? What do you see yourself as at the professional level? 
Yeah, so my favorite position is center field. Um, I just I find center field the easiest for me, and uh, I can play any position on the field really, except for probably catcher. Um, but I would say center field's my my favorite spot, and I think I'm best at it. Have the like did the Astros have they said anything about hey we see you as a center fielder or, or any position like that? Yeah, they said center field. They've said they want to work me out in the infield too a little bit, but uh, long term it's probably going to be an outfield. So you're sitting there, and it's always like an exciting time. Uh, I assume other teams had talked to you. You don't really know what's going to happen. Take us through the process as the draft began, and, and and it continued to go on. Like, what's your thought process? Do you start saying, "Hey, I want to be picked," or "Hey, I'd like to be at this team"? Like, what was the thought process that started to go? Right. So with the draft, it's like there's so many things that are just like unknown. So you have no idea what to expect. There's a ton of rankings out there, but the rankings, all the people that make the rankings don't have a pick in the draft. Right. So it's kind of, you take it literally minute by minute. You're waiting for a call, waiting for a call, waiting for a call. And then uh, when it happens, it's great. But there, there's a lot of buildup and suspense uh, definitely going on during the draft. How early does that call come? Like how many picks before you're actually picked do you get called and say, hey, we're going to take you? Yeah, mine mine came like ten minutes before, and it was, uh, it was if we get you to here, we want to take you, uh, and then I was okay, sounds good, and then everything else happened. I don't think you've made a decision, at least officially, and tell us if you have. But I also you you've correctly correct me if I'm wrong. You've signed with Arizona, and this is what happens now each year. Guys have signed with schools. Here comes the pro team. They're going to negotiate. Uh, take us through your thought process there, because I'm sure you were really excited to sign with a college team and think about a college life, but you also knew this was coming. So who will you rely on for advice? And take us through that process. Yeah, so it's kind of uh, been my family and just uh, what's the best for me long-term, whether it's sign a professional deal or go to college. But uh, I'm going to end up signing here this next week. Okay. All right. So going Congratulations. pro. Um, you get drafted by the Astros. Their mascot just got booed while he was at the All-Star game. Uh, you're going to have fun getting booed wearing some Astros gear around? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've thought about that a little bit. <laughs> be, oh, I can't really say too much. Wait, okay, who, who were you a fan of growing up? Um, I never really had a favorite team just because we're in Vegas and we don't have a pro team, but I always like watching like the best guys, which... Um, I would say my favorite is watching Fernando Tatis just because of how like electric he is and how much energy he plays with. Um, and then when I was like young, young, uh, when I first, the first baseball game I remember watching was like the 2011 world series with the Rangers and the Cardinals and Josh Hamilton had his crazy year. But, uh, yeah, I would say right now it's probably Fernando Tatis. Well, wait a week, you'll be a Las Vegas A's fan, so they're, they're supposedly <laughs> coming. Uh, you're as you translate, and you're going to sign. And congratulations. Do they talk about? Do they just say, "Hey, let's get you to rookie camp. Let's get you to rookie camp. We'll see what happens." Do they talk about a like a um, an elevation level to where where they want you at certain times uh, in terms of your progress, or do they just say, "We'll start you here, and then we'll see what how you develop"? Yeah, it's more about just getting used to that lifestyle, um, and then however. It goes about after that. It's based on your performance. So Tatis is your favorite now. Did you guys have like a swag chain at Bishop Gorman this year? No, we didn't oh. actually. <laughs> we didn't. Uh, I kind of wish we would have, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we just we just kind of celebrated after every home run or whatever, and then <clears throat> we're back out on the field ready to play defense. 
which of your teammates at Bishop Gorman had the best bat flip? Bat flip? I think I probably did. <laughs> oh, there we go. That's, that's, yeah, yeah, all right. That. That's what we like yeah, to hear. That. That's fun. Well, yeah. He is Tyler Whitaker again, uh, drafted on Bishop Corbin in the third round by the Houston Astros. Tyler, we appreciate your time this morning. Congratulations. Good luck, Tyler. Congrats, man. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Take care. That's awesome, yeah. Well, I I don't want the kid breaking the law, but wouldn't it be funny? Like, we have a small school right next to us, right? And it's between an elementary school and... Is it junior high here? I keep going back to California. Whatever, seventh and eighth grade. Is it junior high, sixth, seventh, eighth? I was middle school. I, middle school. Okay, I can I confuse that with California, um, and it's like a little little park. I would have kind of thought it was funny if I drove by one day and say, "Who's that kid?" Like hitting balls into crashing windows because during the pandemic there'd be nobody there. <laughs> I mean, it'd be like they'd come back to school, there'd be like twenty balls like in, in the windows in the school. I think that'd be kind of funny. I mean, there there I have a couple stories about abandoned schools in Missouri that I really shouldn't <laughs> oh, tell. Boy. But can you give us one? Okay, because that's that's a hell of a tease right that there. That is about, yeah, stories Missouri about abandoned, abandoned schools. schools. Uh, okay, so Missouri wasn't known when I lived there. They weren't known for funding education, so there was but. <laughs> They known for it now. No, they, okay. no, they, Has they that were. Changed? They were, but they basically they would start building a school. The money would run out, and they would stop building the school until the next time that someone had money. Sometimes that would take. They a pick co- it up. Yeah, they would just like, all right, well, we got to go in, we got to first clean everything because it's been abandoned for three years, and then we got to restart building it again. Jesus. And basically, everything closes at nine o'clock. But we all had cars, so we would just go to the abandoned school and kind of do what Ed said, like play indoor football and have rebar fights. And uh, one time we dropped a a urinal down 14 or not 14, four flights of stairs. All right. That that story went off the rails a little bit. I can can sympathize with the everything closing at nine o'clock growing up in Mississippi. I can't sympathize with throwing a urinal down four flights of stairs. (laughs) No. But like in Mississippi, everything closes. We'd get... We get kicked out of parks. Yeah. Because they'd be like, the park closes at 9 p.m. And you're like, it's it's a park. Yeah. What are you talking about? It closes at 9 p.m. We once had the sheriff called on us because the Taco Bell like was like, hey, you've hung out in our parking lot since 1 a.m. Could you please leave? And we were like, there's nowhere to go. <laughs> Laguna Beach was a sleepy little town. That, that closed down pretty early. Really? Yeah. The ocean never closed down, but the, the little town did. Yeah. You go to the ocean in the dark? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, really? sure. Um, I hope he does really well. You're an Astros fan. Me too, obviously. Uh, he, he, the thing about him is you were saying yesterday, I mean, and it, when you're the best high school player and you're like this great high school player, that's kind of norm where you play everywhere. Yeah. But, but, I mean, you pitch and you hit and you hit third wood. I don't, I mean, he's so good that. That, that kind of just seems normal, right, yeah, for kids at that level. He's apparently played, you know, short and third at Bishop Gorman. This year, though, they put him in the outfield, but he played corner outfield, but he's saying center field's his favorite, and the Astros told him they want to see him in center field, but also in the infield. So I, I will say, as an Astros fan, almost every good center field prospect they have, they put it shortstop at some point in their minor league <laughs> so, career. They do so that with every shortstop. <laughs> yes, they don't. They very rarely do they stick. But every every time there's like, oh, this guy is their top center field prospect. He's play, it's, it's happening right now. They signed an international guy. He was the second most expensive international signing, Pedro Leon. He's a center fielder. Every scouting report is like 
If the guy was in the majors right now, he'd be the best defensive center fielder in baseball. They're, you know, his bat's got to come along, but defensively, he's great at center field. He's played like seven games in double A AA or triple A at center field. He's played at shortstop in every <laughs> single game. They're like, we want to make you a shortstop. I don't know why, but they're obsessed with center fielders becoming shortstops. It's what, isn't it what David Roth told us yesterday? Like, if you had stopped watching baseball in sixth grade, then yes. you turn on Shohei Otani and you're like, oh, okay, cool. The best guy still does everything, <laughs> the best guy still pitches and hits first yes that's exactly what i'm used to seeing so very few young players now you won't see you won't get saying uh or you, you won't get saying tatis they will all say tatis oh i oh, mean i mean he put it, it completely makes sense he got punched me on uh the first game i remember watching was the 2011 <laughs> of the, the world yeah the, the world series yeah is that what it's like to feel old it, yeah, it's not great man 2011 uh Josh Hamilton. I mean, I I'd forgotten that that was a 2011 World Series. He said that I'm like, oh yeah, they played each other. I remember Steve Bartman, like <laughs> as an, as an Astros fan, I liked the 2011 World Series. Cardinals. Rangers, Rangers not winning because the Rangers were what were they a strike and out? They were an out or a strike away from winning in Game Six, and David Freeze hit that yeah. double or triple off the wall, and the Rangers lost seven Game Seven too. Oh, that's wonderful. Were you watching the Bartman game? Yes, yeah. yes, I was. That's yeah, like Jared said, that's one of the earlier baseball memories I have. Apartment is yeah, like I I the vaguely documentaries fascinating. Yeah, I vaguely that. remember like you know Moises Alou on the Astros, but Moises Alou getting angry at Bartman. Oh yeah, and uh, but I also it's like remember core, it's like a core sports memory for I, me. I'm fairly certain I remember my dad going, "There's still game left to be played." Right, there like, was a whole other game yes, after yes, that too. Yeah, like he's yeah. just like, "Get over it." Right. Would you have done that if you had a glove? <laughs> Yes. yes, the ball. It's not yes. like Bartman. No, no, I, dove out of the I'm, field. I'm, I'm, I'm with there you on that. Nine other dudes. I'm with you on that. I'll tell you this. I went to a Memphis Redbirds game, Triple A team of the Cardinals. I, yeah. Well, they were. I don't know if they still are, but Triple A team of the Cardinals, and we had seats on the first row down the third baseline where, like, the wall starts to jut out. You know, foul ball grounded down. And the, the little attendant down there that gets yeah. it grabs the ball and he wasn't giving it to anybody in the crowd. He'd throw it back to the dugout or whatever. Like he wasn't giving it to fans. So eventually like the fifth inning ground ball down the line, I jumped onto the warning track right there, grabbed oh. the ball to beat this kid to it and jump back into my seat. No one kicked you out. Nobody kicked me out. One guy made a joke. He was like, security's up there <laughs> looking for you. And I was like, I was like 15 years old. I got horrified yes, when he said exactly. that, but no, they didn't kick me out. Yeah. Got to give the ball. Every 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 major league game I see, those kids get the right. ball. They toss it in. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this was minor leagues. I don't know well, if they had, a they had enough baseball, but it was like, dude, give like throw the yes. ball into the crowd. And he just every time he'd get it, he'd throw it back towards the dugout. And I'm like, what are you doing? Nah, they're that, not going to reuse them. Yeah, that kid didn't pay attention when they when they taught him how to be the so attendant. I, so I jumped on the field attention. to grab the ball to beat him. I had to get it. Well, good for him. He's going to sign and uh, bat for Arizona. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, but that I mean, I, like, these, all the time. these schools sign these kids. Yes. Knowing we appreciate the signature. <laughs> Best of luck to you. All right, coming up next. Well, our sharps game got postponed yesterday, so technically, a streak's still going. It's time to find the sharp. Brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. We don't have JP. I hope he didn't assume that he lost because I mean, he picked Yankees Red yeah, Sox and it rained out or not rained out. Come on, JP, you, you, you get a you get a does he get a win? No, he gets a just a pass, a, a mulligan. Just nothing happened. Yeah. Okay, so he's at two or three. He's at three. This he's is three. the this is actually the exact thing that happened to our last sharp, David. He got three in a row right, then his game got rained out, 
and then he lost the the next game after that. He picked the Dodgers and they lost. Doesn't anyone want this jersey? Did he? I don't know. Oh. Not really. I don't think they want it that badly. Like, it, but you got to get to nine, Ed. You keep saying it's easy, even though we're trying to make it as easy as possible. <laughs> we're not even doing spreads. No, we haven't been doing spreads. We're for in months. Vegas. We're a morning drive radio show in Las Vegas, and we're not even doing spreads. No, what does that tell not. you? All right, JP. We uh Come on, JP. Yesterday basically doesn't count. Your streak is still at three. You gotta get to nine to win the Antonio Brown jersey. Because it's Friday, you can pick anything from the weekend. So where do you want to go? Okay. I'm gonna make it a little interesting today, Tyler. I'm gonna take the Toronto Blue Jays for today. All right. All right. They are playing a, but I wanna parlay with the Phoenix Suns Suns. <laughs> I'm making it a little harder today. <laughs> you do not have to do that. We'll let you, but yes. you don't have to you do don't it. You don't have to it do counts, these it things. Counts, it counts as two, though. Oh, okay. Two. Okay, right. we'll do it. All right, okay. so we'll give you we'll give you the, uh, the okay. Blue Jays over the Rangers today, and then over the weekend, Game 5 of the NBA Finals, the Suns over the Bucks. All right, we got you, and good luck. If you get them both, you'll, be, you'll get a plus two on your streak, and we'll be talking to you on Monday. Thanks, JP. All right, guys. We'll see you later. When he gets to four or five, will he just say, I'm going to do a five-team teaser and end this? <laughs> God, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have to do this. No, he doesn't. But, uh, good for me. Is this is his, him wanting to get over as soon as possible and win the jersey, or is this him getting a little, uh, a little uh, sure of himself? I think he just thinks the Blue Jays and the Suns are going to win. <laughs> I think he just thinks they're both going to win, so he wants to get knockout two. Who do the Blue Jays time. play? The Rangers. Ah. Pretty good. And the guy. way the they're way minus... Gallo swung it the other night, he's got it. He's easy. He's got a Guerrero's Gallo taking the other guy. Now. They're minus two fifty. The Blue Jays are. That's actually the safe pick. The Suns are going to. Yeah, be that's exactly that's the a more little dangerous dicey, yeah. pick of those of those two, anyways. So that's his pick. JP, jeez. I have an incredibly dumb story for you from the world of soccer. Oh, that's too, I thought we were going to UNLV quarterback, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah later. So. <laughs> Serie A, which is the the top league in Italy, they are banning green jerseys starting in the 2022-2023 season. So not this year, but the next season, they will not be allowed to wear green jerseys in Serie A. Do you want to take a guess as to why? Well, let me ask you first. Is any team in Serie green? Uh, there is, I think there's one team whose primary color is green and black, but the rest of them, if teams will use green as like their secondary Jersey every now and then. I, is it a, is it poor and they have no money and they don't want to like tease people with the color green? I mean, well, you laugh. That sounds preposterous, but my guess is your reason is going to be just I, as preposterous. Uh, and okay. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of. I know the actual reason, but I'm trying to think of like why this would be to do with cannabis. No, No. this has to do with camouflage. They are worried that the green blends in with grass on TV. They understand that people are three dimensional, so they're worried that if you're watching the match, you're not. You can't be able to see their players because they're blending in with the grass. (laughs) Yes, who's running this place? That's the okay. reason. Yes, this was. This is always like the thing where the football player lays down in the end zone to like camouflage themselves, and it's like, dude, you are three dimensional. Yeah, like you're a lump. Wow. 
This is so, like the fake horse people say no more green horses. The only, uh, well, the only no more blue, right? No like, blue, yeah, no well, blue. The tracks change colors. Um, oh. The only comparison I could think of is when Boise State was not allowed to wear blue at home in Mountain West games because of the turf, because of the blue turf. And not allowed, or they chose to. The, I, wasn't it the Mountain West told them you can't wear blue at home in Mountain West games? That sounds like the Mountain West. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it sounds sounded, like a very mountain it West thing dumb, to do. and it, it, it is dumb. But yes. like that's the only comp I could think of because like, well, you don't want to you don't want to mix up colors on that Mountain West network. That still does that still exist? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it on doesn't. Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> but yes, uh, starting next season in Italy, the top teams will not be able to wear green because they're afraid Ed and I watching on ESPN wow. Plus in the United States won't be able to see the players on the field. You always wonder, like, who's sitting around the basement thinking of these things? Like, who, who's making these decisions? <laughs> Don't know. Somebody in Italy.